if I'm on. Yes, and I am. I am. Excellent. Hey, Merry Christmas. All right. I, I, won't, I won't keep you long. Amy, wonderful job. Thank you so much. Dusty and I both married way over our heads. That's why we have a forever bond. We just walk in humility. Um, I love, uh, I don't do a lot of traditional things. I don't do a lot of nostalgic things, but I love doing Christmas carols. I love the Christmas story. You guys have heard it. We've talked about the Christmas story for the, the past three weeks. We did uh, an account in Matthew, account in Luke, account in uh, John, because the Bible is broken up. There's, it's one book. The word Bible literally means book, but really that's a little inaccurate because it's sort of a library. There are 66 books. 39 are the Old Testament, which are the telling of the creation of the world and the choosing of God's people and promising that one day a Messiah would come. When that Messiah comes, okay, uh, that is when your calendar changes from B.C. to A.D., when that Messiah comes, that's the New Testament. And the first four books of the New Testament are eyewitness accounts or firsthand surveys of the life of Jesus. And Jesus is the reason for, y'all thought I was going to say this season, for the New Testament and the reason for the season. That way y'all don't have an anxiety attack. Um, Jesus is the reason that the New Testament is. He is the New Testament. He is the New Covenant he is the new lawgiver. He completes, he finishes the old law because he is the perfect sacrifice that the law tells us to make for our sins. He paid for it. This is interesting. We know that the Old Testament was written before the New Testament was written. I know that sounds way oversimplistic, but the Old Testament prophesies the coming of the Messiah. Over 300 prophecies are given about Jesus and what he would do and what he would be like and what he would accomplish. And he fulfilled all of them. It is a mathematical impossibility for someone to come in and fulfill all 300 prophecies. So there was about 63-ish major prophecies that were just reiterated or ramified many times, and we know that they were written long before. So we have a date for most of these books, but even if you don't buy the date we have for these books, consider this. We have a Greek copy of the Old Testament that was written 250 years before Jesus was even born. So well, why is that important? Because it shows that they said what was going to happen before he came. And does that make it all true? You better consider it. You better think about that part. And so it said that the Christ would come, uh, said many things about how he would live, and then one day an angel shows up to a girl that we think is about 16 years old. Now, did you hear that part? An angel shows up. So we believe that this uh, supernatural being shows up and begins to speak to this little girl and says that through you will come the one through whom salvation will come. I 
phrase that in the most confusing possible way. And she becomes pregnant. She is overjoyed. She is ecstatic. She knows that God's going to take care of her. She questions only for a second, but just to ask how it will be, not to question God. And so she questions for a moment, and then the inevitable thing happens. See, this woman is engaged to be married, but she is not yet married. And when she shows up pregnant, her husband decides to get rid of her. But the angel comes and speaks to her husband as well. And the husband says, you know what? I believe your story. And so together, they decide to do this thing, right? And uh, Joseph does not take Mary the 16-year-old girl that is Mary, her husband-to-be is Joseph. He does not take Mary as his bride just yet. Oh, I just realized I still have my snowman with me. If y'all were confused, that is not a prop. It was just a special girl here made a snowman for me, and it's in my pocket. Uh, So um, I am so lost. Mary and Joseph are, are engaged to be married. They are going to go through with being married. And together they are going to raise the one that is the Messiah that people had looked for for millennia. It's very exciting for them, of course. Now, uh, along about the time that Mary is going to give birth to the one that is called Jesus. In Hebrew it would be Yeshua. Okay? About the time she is going to give birth to this Yeshua, this Messiah, salvation is what his name means. The Roman emperor calls for a census. He wants to know how many people he has under his jurisdiction, in his kingdom. And because Israel is under Roman rule, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. The Caesar says, I want you to go register in your hometown so that we can count everybody. That's what you do. And so they go into the hometown of Bethlehem, this hometown that Jesus was not going to be born in, but now because of this Roman uh, uh, law that is passed, now they have to go, and Jesus is born in Bethlehem, which, by the way, is one of the prophecies that Jesus fulfills, that he would be born in Bethlehem, a small town of about 300-ish people. So he goes, he is born in Bethlehem, just as prophecy says that he would be born. And on that night, angels appear in a heavenly host, and they do the first Christmas caroling, and they sing, and there's this incredible episode that happens in front of the eyes of some shepherds, and so the shepherds come, and they bear witness to the life of Jesus. You will notice this all over. uh, There's so much historical documentation of the life of Jesus. In fact, uh, you can say, and and if you say that, it's okay, we can be friends, and I don't mean that sarcastically. I, I love you. You know how hard it was for me, if you've been here before, to even believe that there was a God, but I am convinced. And so uh, one of the things that helps convince me is all of the testimony, all the people that had a chance to write and say, hey, don't include me in this story. I didn't see anything. Instead, these went and spread the word of what they have seen, these shepherds that went and saw. You know that wise men came from the east because they were looking. uh, They studied astrology. They studied astronomy. They studied algebra. And I don't know why they did that, but they did it. And they found... They found an anomaly and said, we have to follow this. And so they came 
to see Christ. We don't know how old he was when they came to see him. And then Jesus, according to Jewish custom, would have been taking, taken into Jerusalem on the eighth day because Jewish males are circumcised on the eighth day of their life. And so he was taken into Jerusalem. And upon entering into Jerusalem, two different prophets who lived in the temple saw the baby and they worshiped that they got to see the Messiah. Their names were Anna and Simeon. And the party just starts from there. So many people got to see and got to witness and got to follow. And Jesus is probably, like I told you before, we can make arguments for Alexander the Great. Jesus is probably the most well-documented figure in all of antiquity. And so uh, to say that he didn't exist is sort of an academic suicide. That doesn't mean that you have to agree that he was God. That comes later. That comes upon believing the testimony of those who saw him live sinlessly, die on a cross with blood and water coming out of him, blood that pays for sins and water that spreads, right? So uh, this is the salvation of the world, and then he is gone, and three days later, see him. All of his disciples saw him. All of the women who followed saw him. Over, over 500 people at one time saw him. He made a very public reappearance. And we have no one saying, uh, as an eyewitness account, that that didn't happen. That only is written hundreds of years later. However, you know that story. The question is, did Jesus ever tell the story of his birth? And the answer is, yes. But as he always does, he makes it confusing for us. You're like, whoa, whoa, no, Jesus, remember, Jesus spoke in parables so that everything would be simple. No, he didn't. He spoke in parables because he made everything a mystery. He wanted you to meditate on the scripture because that brings you closer to him. So as we meditate upon these things, did he tell us the story of his birth? Yes, he did. He painted a picture of what he looked like at his birth. And it's here in the manger. Do you want to see this? Okay. This is what Jesus said he was. You say, that's sacrilegious. No, it's not. This is Jesus' description of himself. You say, that's French bread. I didn't exactly have a Jewish bakery at hand, okay? <laughs> this is what Jesus says. Go with me to John chapter 6, verse 48. All the scripture will be on the screen. If you don't have a Bible with you, it's okay. All the scripture is up here. You can follow along with me. In fact, we would love for you to take one. Please take one. We have, we have so many Bibles here and have given away just hundreds and hundreds of Bibles. It's a joy for us to do that because we believe that that Bible is alive, and as you approach it, when you approach it with reverence, it will come alive for you too. Okay, um, John chapter 6, verse 48, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Stop right there. 
I am the bread of life. Let's think about bread for just a moment. The bread of life. Now, especially in the culture of this day, you have no refrigerator, (laughs) okay? Bread is something that you can keep for a while. Bread is a staple, and you're like, well, everyone would have diabetes then. if that." No, it wasn't white bread like we have. This was a completely different kind of bread. It was actually uh, nourishing to their bodies, but bread was their staple for their diet, okay? Here's what we know about bread. I can't eat this today and then eat nothing else and be here years later. The thing about bread is I have to continue to take bread. He is the bread of life. He will nourish you. He will sustain you. But you have to take the bread. And so you might say, listen, Pastor, I'm just here because my family's in town and, or, or whatever. And, hey, I, I, believed in, I, I believed all this stuff when I was eight and I went to a vacation Bible school and I did all these things. Let me tell you, if you haven't eaten bread since then spiritually, you are dead or dying spiritually. If I, this year being my 18th year of marriage, if the last time I saw my wife was on our wedding day, I would either not have a very healthy marriage or I would no longer be married, right? If I only spoke to Jesus 15 years ago, 18 years ago, five years ago, (laughs) that would be a huge blow to my faith to my relationship. The thing about bread is we have to continually take it. Verse 49, your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat it and not die. Now, as it, it, even if you are not a Bible scholar in here, you've probably heard this just from some sort of cultural reference. Uh, the children of Israel the Jewish people were at one point enslaved in Egypt, and they had to be freed from Egypt. And Moses came and said, let my people go, right? And so the people were let out, and they began to starve. And Jesus brought bread down from heaven. They called it manna. And they ate every morning. How often did he bring the bread? Every, every morning. Jesus rained down bread from heaven to sustain them until they could get into the promised land. And once they got into the promised land, they could eat the fruit of the land, and the bread from heaven stopped. Jesus says, I am the true bread from heaven. Jesus is your bread, is your nourishment, is your sustenance to get you into the promised land until one day you can eat from the vine and be there with the Father. Amen? He is what sustains me as I am in the wilderness. You are in, if you are a believer in this place, this is not your home. These are a weird set of laws and rules to us, and this is not where we dwell. And so I have to take this because the wilderness has no nourishment for me because I, I, I need to feed my spirit. And the world only has things to feed my flesh. And so I have to eat the bread, and I have to drink 
from the cup. This is his flesh. This is his blood. That's what he meant when he said that. Okay? I have to continue to take it. If you want 2024 to be something more spiritual for you, you've got to eat bread. The problem is we become anemic because we haven't eaten in a while. Your spiritual blood sugar is upset because you have no eating schedule. You have no pattern for nourishment. We are starving spiritually, and that begins to affect every single part of our life. Some of us have a physical manifestation that comes from this. We begin to get d- depressed, and I'm not saying that that is the only source of depression. Don't take any of these things out of context, but I'm saying that he has purpose for you and for your life, and if you don't go to the bread, you will not have it. Now, verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. If you read, actually, in the Gospels, this is when Jesus began to speak this and talk about drink my blood and eat my flesh. Understandably, a lot of people left his side. They didn't quite understand what he was saying. I told you, Jesus always spoke in a way where it was something that you would have to meditate on that brings you closer to him when you dwell on, meditate on his word. I hope that you will do that with your Bible. If you are reading in the New Testament and you go five verses, this is not a hard and fast rule, but this is kind of a principle. If you're reading the New Testament and you go five verses and you don't get anything out of it, you need to start over and pray for understanding. Because all of these scriptures are meant to be taken in, meditated on. He has peaceful teachings. Well, lots of wars and things have been done in the name of religion. Show me the teaching of Jesus that the dude in Christ church who bombed a cathedral was following. Show me the teachings of Jesus that they were following. No, that's a manipulation. That's a perversion. Okay? He says... In, in, in verse 34, later he says this. I'm just going to read this to you. Then they said, sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus replied, I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. He has food for you. I did not say that you would be healthy, wealthy, and wise. I said that your spirit can be fed every day. Well, there's still bad things that happen in this world, and this still, I don't understand all of these things. I understand. The sheep never understand why the wolves are there, but when it draws them to the shepherd, they find safety. And so when I take my spirit to the shepherd, he holds me. He sustains me. He gives me purpose. He has brought me to a city and said that there are people here that I love. Introduce them to me again. And so while I have hard days, I never wake up wondering why I'm here. Not once. And what a blessing is that. There's no question for the Christian of why am I here. So, eat. You say, how do I do that? How do I, how do I eat spiritually? That doesn't make sense. This is all symbolic, metaphorical. How do I actually, what do I actually go home and do. I am so happy that you asked me that. 
because I have, you don't kill the punchline, because I have four things that you can go and do right now. You can read your Bible, pray, go to church, and be the church. You're doing one of those right now, you're killing it. Well done. Everybody give yourself a hand. It is Christmas Eve and you are in here worshiping, so you're already doing that. Listen, I am asking you to go home and open your Bible and just say, God, you know what? I need you to say something to me. I got to have something, and I want you to open up and read. And you're like, you don't understand, Pastor. I'm a good reader. Let me tell you, if I open up the Bible and I just read three chapters and shut my Bible, I will look at you and say, dang it. I know what I'm having for dinner now, but I have no idea what I just read. I completely understand, but if you will ask God and you will study the Scripture and you will go verse by verse and say, God, what does this mean? It will go from I have no idea to what I read to revelation. It is the intention that you approach it with. So eat. It may, be a, it may have been a long time since you got on your knees and prayed and said, God, I need to hear from you. And the last time you did, you didn't get what you wanted. And so you said, I'll never speak to you again. I propose, I beg of you, would you please reconsider that position? Just, just entertain this notion that maybe you didn't get what you asked for last time because God knew something that you don't know. Was it still painful? You can come tell me the story and I will have no answer for you. We can just sit and cry together. I don't know, but would you entertain that possibly he was doing something that you just didn't yet understand? He will feed us spiritually. He will nourish us. If we don't eat daily, think about that. If you don't take of the bread, if you don't eat a meal today, you're either doing a fast for a little while or you have something that we call a disorder. Right? I don't, I don't mean that tacky at all, and, and I, I really don't want to be uh, unsympathetic, but, but it can be a problem. It's the same thing spiritually. And we get into some sort of sort, kind of disorder, and I completely understand. When it's been a long, when I, if I've done something wrong or it's been a long time since I've met with God, before I get on my knees, I will, find, I will find homework from the 80s to do. I mean, I will do anything else but get on my knees and go before God. It's a disorder. I want you to be brave enough. You have a father who embraces you coming home. But just like not eating of the bread, we harm ourselves. We harm ourselves. If you will not feed your spirit, it's harmful. It's harmful to the body, too. And this is the body. I can't believe this many people are here. Uh, and it, today, was, today was totally different. We didn't have any hospitality going on. I, and some of y'all, I told, I told everybody, I'm like, don't worry about everything. And they jumped in and started doing more than even they should have. But there was no, no parking team, no greeting team, everything. Just we're, we're in here hanging out. But this is a body. I'm reminded often that I'm, I'm the mouth. 
But we all serve a purpose, just like every part of your body serves a function. We want you healthy. We want you fed. We want you nourished. We want you firing on all cylinders because God has a great work that he wants to do in this city, and you're already doing it. But we want more. So I want to end with this. Yeah, Dusty, you can go ahead and come up. I want to end with this. Will you eat? The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I have no formula to give you more faith, to make you believe something that you don't. The Bible does it. Even if you look at salvation, we did this a couple months ago. If you look at every account of salvation, it's all different, different wording. It all boils down to the same thing. But it's all different wording because when there's a formula, when there's a set of bylaws, we can manipulate those things. And God is not after that. He's after your heart. God wants you to pursue him in love the way that he pursues you in love. See, he came down from his throne to be with us. He died as a sacrifice that would cover all of our sins. And even when that's all said and done, he still pursues us. That is love like we've never experienced before. And God wants in return for it to work. Jesus said that I came that all may have life and have it abundantly. He said he came that he would not lose one of whom his father gave him. He came for you. So what, 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 what can I do? For, this sounds so cheesy, but what can you do for the actual birthday boy at Christmas. Man, if you would spend 10 minutes on your knees, if you would go to Jesus in love after all that he has done to pursue you, I'm telling you, that's what the Father wants. If it's been a while since you've talked to God, it's been a while you don't understand your Bible. You say, I've never even, I don't even know where to start reading my Bible. The book of John, it's in the New Testament. That's where I would consider. If you ask Dusty, he says Mark. Doesn't really matter. Go to the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they're all good. That's where I would start. Do you have to start there? No, it's my recommendation. Go there and start. Well, how long do I read? Until you get something. Five words, five verses, five chapters. Until you get something. How long do I pray until you've talked to God about what you came there to talk to God about? I say it like this. Pray until you pray. Pray until you've given your heart to the Lord. Don't let this just be presents and family. That's all wonderful things. But this is a, this, like, we are so blessed. Our nation is celebrating God coming to earth. 
the hero dying for the villain and the destruction, the defeating of sin and death. Will you pray with me? Lord, we praise you for who you are. Forgive us our sins. Thank you that you came, that you left your throne after all the things that you have done for us. Just even in the Old Testament, after all the things you've done, you, you left your throne and you came and lived the full human experience for 33 years, dying an excruciating death just so that you could free us. We thank you. We praise you. We celebrate you. And God, I pray for those who are listening, Lord, that, that you would just put it in their spirit. Holy Spirit, we just invite you now to stir, to move, and, and to put it in the spirits of everyone here, God, that, that their main desire is to meet with you. Father, I pray that as they, as they kneel, as they open their word, Lord, that you would be there with them in a very strong, very mighty, very supernatural way. And we ask this in the holy name of Jesus. 